Hello and welcome to another episode of the Best Picture Must Be Doing Something Right podcast. We are back for another year. Um, This time we're starting off this next season of the podcast by reviewing the Oscar nominations that have just come out today for the 95th Academy Awards and I'm here with Jamie. Hello. And I'm your host Joseph who's going to and we're gonna we're gonna go through these uh, nominations that came out at half one this afternoon. We're recording now at quarter past nine, um, and so we've so we've in, so we've been able to see all the takes, um, get our heads round all the stats, and, yeah, yeah, just trying to work it out all out. Um, so we're going to talk about the biggest snubs, the biggest surprises, and who's leading the way in this really exciting race this year, which I think is more of an open contest than, than, than people say. So let's get um, straight into it. And we're going to do it in the order that they were announced um, in the announcement earlier today by Riz Ahmed and uh, Alison Williams. So that is starting off with the Best Actress in a Supporting Role um, nominations, which were uh, Angela Bassett in Black Panther Wakanda Forever, Hong Chao in The Whale, Kerry Condon in The Banshees of Inishurin, Jamie Lee Curtis in Everything, Everywhere, All at Once, and Stephanie Hsu for the same film, which I'm going to be repeating a lot during the show, which is very annoying because it's quite a long uh, title. And, I know. But, but not a, as long a film as some of the other films that are in contention this year, which is seemingly a theme, I think, this year. That's the biggest thing I noticed. So many really long films. I usually put off put off watching that's because a, of the runtime. Trending. Yeah, and when these nominations came out, the the first category, I was thinking, you know what, it might be my year. We're going a hundred percent in the nomination predictions. What, which so, is that where we're going? No, no, just in terms of my predictions. In terms are of like, doing, um, are we doing your personal pick and then? Oh no, the actual I meant... prediction. Oh, I meant as in like prediction for the nominations rather than oh, for the winner. Oh, interesting. Okay. Because I do these every year, and uh, and I, I was I was having a good feeling because I got five out of five right in this category, which is very well rare for me. And I'm thinking, uh, like, oh, could this be the year? And then and then the, by the time the next categories come out, it's back <laughs> down to reality. You're back to your seventy odd percent percentage. Um, Right. But to be fair, you want to be um, incorrect when it comes to nominations, really, don't you? You want to have those surprise, those talking points, yeah. um, which we don't have that many of in supporting actors. I think it's quite an open field in terms of the winner. Like right now, I think Angela Bassett is the standout. Um, She's a favourite, I think so. Yeah. yeah I think it's like it, it was one of those ones where once the trailer came out, it was like being like, OK. Maybe she's won it just based off this. Um, but she's, you know, a well-admired actress, previously nominated. One of very few actors that's actually been, uh, received a multiple nomination. Out of the field this year, of the, the, the acting nominees, 16 of them are first-time nominees, and only one of them has won four, and that's uh, Kate Blanchett. In, oh, uh, in okay. SFS. It's so she's won, year, then. she's won the few that has um, been nominated before, but back in 1991, I think, something like that for um, playing Tina Turner in What's Love Got to Do With It. Um, I think she's the favourite, though. Um, even though Black Panther Wakanda Forever isn't the kind of film that you would normally say, oh, that's going to get um, 
acting traction. I remember Michael B. Jordan missing out on a nomination for the first film, even though the first film was nominated for Best Picture. He didn't get a nomination in Sporting Actor, where some people maybe thought he would. But um, that was the hype for you, absolutely. Yeah, which isn't hasn't been replicated with kind of forever. But I think it would be a massive win for Marvel if they can get an acting acting win under their belts. If I had to pick personally, it would be Kerry Condon in Banshee's Vinnie Sharon. Yeah, I think that's I think a... I'll be talking about a lot, and that that and everything of we're all ones we're going to be talking yeah. about a lot. <laughs> yeah, I think she. Today. I think she was like the favorite going into. Uh, I think before Golden Globes, I think she was definitely the favorite going into uh, award season like like a month ago, um, because especially as like. Um, Obviously, as I say, Black Panther Wakanda kind of Forever isn't kind of like acting kind of film. Um, it'll be interesting to see who wins at SAG for that because they tend to go for, you know, the bigger acting performances and one sort of more about the craft. Um, but I'm really glad that something Shu got in for everything everyone wants. I want to get your opinion on this actually, and we'll go more in depth in it when we uh, review all the best picture nominees in separate episodes, which is going to come up in the next few weeks. Um, Jamie Lee Curtis. I don't think that's a good performance in that film. Well, I think um, Stephanie Hsu is fantastic. And it's, it was only Stephanie Hsu that was like really like teetering on the edge of getting a nomination, just about made it. I think they were both really good performances, but I think they both could have not been nominated. I mean, no. don't, I, hmm, don't ask me to say who I would replace them with. I'm not saying someone yeah. had been snubbed in their place. I'm no. just saying I could also I could have seen them not being nominated and there wouldn't have been. Yeah. There'd been a bit of backlash, but there wouldn't have been that I f- much. I, f- I feel like the biggest thing, no one's complaining about this category too much because they knew whoever missed out, it would have been for Stephanie Shu. And it's like, you cannot... That That's just like criminal to give everything everywhere all, all this love and leave her out because you play yeah. such an important <laughs> role thing, yeah. in that film. And it works or doesn't work based on the strength of her performance. Um. So I, I I think she's great. I, she'd be my personal vote, but I think it's going to be Angela Bassett for the moment. But obviously, all these could change drastically um, as the season goes on. I don't think it's a lock at all. Um, moving on to the next category, which is costume design. Um, the nominees here were. This is the order they announced it. Yeah, costume design was next. I um, didn't get a chance to watch it live, so this is this is. Yeah, the order um, it's in is a surprise to me. I managed to get everything done. Um, by 20 past one, so I was able to watch this when it came out at oh, half one. So, yeah, no. um, so the nominees for casting designers were Babylon, Black Panther, Wakanda Forever, Elvis, Everything Everywhere All at Once, and Mrs. Harris Goes to Paris. That was the um, win, that was the win, first one win. that I missed, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, I had the Woman King getting uh nominated here instead of Mrs. Harris Goes to Paris just because I wasn't sure. Should have been. Yeah, but I feel like they went for Mrs. Harris Goes to Paris because of, um, I didn't realise this until this afterwards, it's uh, Jenny Bevan is the uh, costume designer who's previously won before uh, multiple yeah, times. So it's a favour of the Academy, basically. Yeah, yeah, it's done on name recognition. And this has come out. Also, like, Ruth Carter getting nominated for uh, Wakanda Forever, obviously a winner in this category for the first Black Panther film. Um, yeah. So that's like, it makes sense. But The Woman King was um, was snubbed across the board. So that's probably explains why it didn't get nominated here. The but, Viola Davis snub is yeah. one that people, you know, the only one that I've seen people 
passionately yeah. be angry about because that's that's a strange one. But we'll get to that. We'll get yeah, to that yeah, yeah, there. yeah, definitely. Um, but of of course, you know, you think back to a couple of years ago when Phantom Fred won this competition. They like to go for the, this category, rather. They like to go for films to, in this uh, in this category that are about costume design, um, which very much is. Mrs. Harris goes Paris. It's about clothes, so um, that makes a lot of sense. As for a winner, um, I'm really not too sure. I have Black Panther winning at the moment, but it could potentially be Elvis in case they go for that sort of um, uh, sort of period film. Interesting. I was going to say Babylon. Yeah, I, I, that's the, the thing. Produ- I, Babylon might get the production stuff. Yeah, I think they probably cancel each other out a bit. Those two. They're sort of like. Votes similar type, yeah, similar type of costumes. I think um, they're both sort of like linked with kind of like Hollywood and those big grand performance kind of costumes. Well, which is completely different to Wakanda Forever, which is a lot about you know um, army sort of stuff and um, you know African style. And also, they had a partnership with Adidas for this um, this one. So there's some like tracksuits that have been designed for it as well. Oh, so. Um, bit of cross promotion that could um have an impact in this category but i think we're kind of forever so so, t- so at the moment i'm going two for two we're kind of forever that could have been the potential sweet <laughs> uh, i would i need to do my predictions proper in a, in a couple of weeks before yeah, we, yeah we'll maybe get a chance to talk about it yeah our predictions in more depth then but i'm gonna say now yeah um i will not be surprised at all if it is unironically in every win, everywhere, all at once. So Did yeah. they just vote it across the board in every category? I would not be surprised. Yeah. You, there's a lot there's of... some categories yeah. where, the, you know, maybe someone will lost out massive, but the actual film getting the win would not be yeah. the surprise there. It's happened before. Um, Lord of the Rings, Return of the King is when it comes to mind. I think that went 11 for 11. Um when that one best picture in 2003. Well so, deserved, to be fair. <laughs> yeah, you can't really have any complaints in that one. So, um, <laughs> But then again, uh, what I would, uh, to everyone listening that does sort of these predictions, I would recommend not doing them now. Have some like set that you can go back and change, but don't lock anything in now. The, yeah. like, the, the, the season changes so much. I remember last year when everyone thought the Power of the Dog would win Best Picture by a mile. <laughs> like they, yeah, yeah. they basically anointed it as winner on the day of the nominations <laughs> because Coda only had three nominations and it won all three of them. Um, it, it's, it's just about what's talked about um, at different points um, of the year. And um, we're coming on to the next category now. Moving swiftly on uh, to uh, Best Sound. Um, so here we had... Ah, yes, combined category. Yes, no longer editing or mixing, which I find a bit stupid, really. Was it because last year it's... the first time? Or you? I've been a year before. Not yeah. too sure, though. It's been re- it's been a recent change, though. Yeah, it was. Um, so there, here we have nominated All Quiet on the Western Front, Avatar, The Weight of Water, The Batman... Elvis and Top Gun Maverick. Um, let me see how I did with this one. Oh, I had everything ever all at once getting nominated here. It didn't actually get a nomination um, in the category. The Batman got um, one instead, which I didn't expect as much. Pleasant um, surprise, to be honest. Is this is very much a blockbuster heavy category? Yes. Um, I, I I think All Quiet is the standout at the moment when we had the split of editing and mixing the editing used to go to war films every year and because yeah. there isn't like a standout music film other than possibly elvis um 
Which I think if it was a normal year, it's straightforward. All Quiet wins uh, editing and then Elvis wins mixing. Um, though then again, we look back to like Bohemian Rhapsody and somehow won both. So it's just, just I think remarkable. that's the thing that killed it. Yeah, yeah. That's exactly. when the organisers decided, oh, well, this is, is meaningless now. They clearly don't know the difference, yeah. <laughs> basically. So we're just going to combine them, and which is what BAFTA have always, always done, to be fair. Um, I would, yeah, I, I think it's all quiet uh, for this one, yeah, which is I'm ironic, isn't it, for something called yeah. quiet to win uh, best sound. Uh, moving on to best original score. Um, all Quiet on the Western Front, Babylon, The Banshees of Inner Sheeran, Everything Everywhere All at Once, and The Fablemans. I think I had The Fableman predicted here for the time being. Um, I expected them... Um, in it very soon. Yeah, exactly. It's like he's just broken his own record for the most nominations received by a living person um, with another nomination uh, today. I think he's in his, like... In, in like 43, 44, something like that. Remarkable uh, career. And it would make sense for him to win again for a film like The Fablemans, more so than like your standard sort of Spielberg film that he gets in for, because it's such a personal film for Spielberg. Um, there's like him potentially winning his third uh, Best Director Oscar this year. Um, yeah, I'm going to say. say they, the, they sort of go Fablemans. together, yeah. Is, is, I think is another one, if it starts winning, it, it might not stop winning because it has the massive chance of just being a, a real Hollywood pleaser, I think. A real yeah. Academy pleaser. Yeah, so. for the American audiences, definitely. I mean, if you followed the BAFTA nominations last week, you'd see and you got one nomination, but they got seven today at the Oscars. It only got onto screenplay, which it definitely isn't going to win a BAFTA. So it's like, it's just whether that sort of lack of momentum stops it. Because we saw with Coda last year, that got some wins at BAFTA that people didn't really expect because it's not really a BAFTA-type film. Um, and that sort of gained gave it that momentum. Um, but... The the big snub here was Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio. I think it's Desplat who does the um, score for that, who's previously won before. Obviously, Grand Budapest Hotel, for example, it won 2014. Um, but I think like, the favourite ones will probably be the favourite, I think, at the moment. But it's a tough one to call. Um, I I didn't have uh, everything ever all at once predicted in this category. So that's like an X to one it's gained there, which I don't think is a bad choice by any means. I haven't listened to all the scores here, obviously, but either Banshees or a thing for all at once, I'd, I'd be happy with. That's a, 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 a nice nod that yeah. I wasn't expecting for this category. A lot of people are predicting uh, Babylon because it's Justin Hurwitz who obviously won this category for La La Land and obviously his col- um, collaboration with Demi Chazelle over his career um, has sort of helped out his, his chances over I, time. I cannot... He's, yeah. I cannot for life me predict how Babylon's going to do because it's I, 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 such I just a strange like campaign release thing campaign. Yeah, I just don't. I can't predict it because it didn't get that best picture nomination that some people were sort of expecting to get. Um, moving on to uh, another above the line category now, and the nominees for best adapted screenplay, which is a very weak category this year, I must say, in terms of like the quality of contenders. Like original versus adapted this year are just. Completely split. It reminds yeah, me of the year. Crazy. Remember the twenty seventeen year, where I feel like I think it was the strongest ever year for original screenplay, but probably the weakest ever for adapted screenplay. It was like Shape of Water, Lady Bird, 
Get Out, uh, Free Billboards Outside Ebbing, Missouri, and The Big Sick, all nominated for Best Original Screenplay, which is a phenomenal set of films and set of screenplays, which are like so writing based as well. And then in Adapted, I think it was the year that Call Me By Your Name won by a landslide, but you had films like Logan getting nominated in that category, which is like not the kind of film that you'd ever expect to see. I think it was the first um, film of that type to get nominated. Um, it's not wrong, it is adapted. But... <laughs> yeah, it is. And this is what we've seen uh, this year uh, in Adapted Screenplay. We've got All Quiet on the Western Front, Glass Onion, A Knives Out Mystery, Living, Top Gun Maverick, and Women Talking nominated here. See, I have a problem here, and that's yep. the two sequels. Yeah, That feels like a huge technicality. That's yeah, like you've, you've scared through on a technicality there. Be you adapted on, but it's adapting the characters based on the original film. I, that's that's such a strange way of thinking about it. It's but, correct. It's just a strange, especially when yeah. you're talking about and a, such a prestigious award that you think they're going to be very narrow about. That, feels, that yeah. feels very broad, especially with Glass Onion, because the only thing that's adapted from the first Knives Out is that it's just both got uh, one, Blanc. Yeah, <laughs> that's, one that's character crossover. It's like, it's a completely original story. Um, but of course, yeah, it makes sense. There's been worse technicalities, to be honest. I remember Whiplash, I think Whiplash got nominated it and adapted because it was adapted from its own short film, which if you've seen the short film of Whiplash, it's just the opening scene. <laughs> which Because, because Damien Chazelle didn't have the budget to, to make the whole film he just yeah. made one of the scenes and because so actually a the film screenplay called... isn't adapted it is the screenplay so it got put into adapted screenplay because of it no it, yeah. It, yeah literally mm. it, everywhere else it was original but at the Oscars it was adapted ended up losing to the imitation game um, but here I think it's a really tough one to call I think and right now be- talking, because women talking got say. yeah women talking got that best picture nomination I think if it didn't, it would be like dead last. But you, you we always look at people would watch it if it didn't have the the best picture. No chance. No, I wouldn't have. Seen, I, I wouldn't go to see it if it didn't wasn't on the best picture. Critic, no, critically, there's a lot of love for the screenplay. So yeah. that's that's an, well, it's nominated, and, so that's obvious. But yeah, that that's giving it that that momentum. And it's written by the director, which helps. Everyone oh, looks yeah. okay. I didn't even notice. Everyone looks every year for that one film that's only nominated in screenplay. It happens almost every year. There was one year there was an exception, but it's almost like as a rule, there's always one film that only gets nominated for uh, screenplay. And this year it's uh, Glass Onion, which I think is a bit harsh. I would have put in uh, Janelle Monet for support. Where else is living? Uh, International. Oh! Yeah. Bill Nye. Which is a very cool nomination, which we'll get into once we get onto Best Actor. Yeah. But um, yeah, it's, it's a it's a good screenplay, even though Kazuo Ishiguro has been dead for like thirty years. Um, but because he wrote the original film, and this is like a English adaptation of such, uh, oh, it, it counts okay. as his film, and that's hence why it's written by rather than screenplay by um that person as well. Um, so more you know uh, getting on to original screenplay which is as I've just mentioned very very strong this year um, yeah, and it yeah. was the yeah it was the expected five as well there was no real surprises in this category it's been like this set five um, all season uh, the Banshees of Inner Sheeran uh, Everything Everywhere All at Once The Fableman's Tar and Triangle of Sadness um, yeah it's, it's, I didn't it's, think much of Triangle of Sadness when I heard about it because we'd, we'd seen We'd yeah. seen like 
uh, glass onion and the menu have a very similar tone and target yes. when it com- comes to its sad- satire. But now I, I really need to check it out. I did yes. not realize it was to this quality. Yeah, I did actually predict it for Best Picture, which I'm very happy I got right. Um, I, I just had that feeling a couple of days ago. I was like, yeah, yeah, they're going to go for this. Um, I think it's post-Parasite where, where like Parasite sort of made it seem like hating rich people is cool. Yeah, everyone's based. The Oscars want the rich people. The Oscars want to be cool. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, and yeah, and everyone sort of jumped on that bandwagon a bit. I've been meaning to watch it for a while, but as I say, it's one of those ones that falls into category of very long film, which I just like. Is it whatever? Yeah, it's like two and a half hours. It's a satirical comedy. Does not need to be. (laughs) Does not need to be a long film, but okay. Well, you could say that about most of You can definitely say that about Tar, which is nominated in this uh, category, which I'm not a big fan of at all because it's so long. There's like an hour and a half that needs to be cut from it right in the middle. Um, but what do you know? Uh, what do I know? I think, rather? Uh, Banshees, by the way. Yeah, I think Banshees wins Gotta here. Be. That's, that's I my think that's probably its best chance of a win. If they're going to give it love anywhere, I think this will be a good place to do it. But... Um, Everything ever all at once is also um, a strong contender because it's such an original film, and um, we, which I think like it's one of those ones where you just think, how on earth did you come up with this concept and execute yeah. in such a way? But I do think it's more of a directorial achievement, while Banshees is more of a writing achievement, um, which probably gives it the edge. Uh, Banshees and again written by Martin McDonough, um, even though all all these uh, are directed by the uh, written by the director. Oh, interesting. Yeah. A bit um, of trivia there. Yeah. Could be a case where they give it to Spielberg um, because they want to give him something for Fable Woman's, but he's nominated in three categories. So, yeah, it um, they have. Yeah. And he has multiple Oscars already. So it's like. What point is he just screwed it? Yeah. Um, moving on to oh, live action short. I hate these shorts categories because it just ruins your predictions. It's like it knocks you down like a good. Like five, six percent. How would you know? Just by guessing, by guesswork. Because if you think about it, it's like fifteen different ones you have to get right, which all count towards your your total. And I'm just like, when I was predicting them right, I just guessed. I guessed them based on what I can imagine the presenters saying when they're reading them out, <laughs> which is the worst logic of all time. Uh, but some say, by the way. Like, yeah. Congratulations to all the nominees. Exactly. That's when I get out of there. <laughs> Did I predict Le Pupil? Because that's um produced by. Oh yeah, I did. Alfonso Cuarón. So it's like that makes sense for that going on. Yeah, I'm predicting it to win because I definitely knew that. It's definitely logic behind that decision. Um, yeah. So the nomination is yeah. Look for the famous producers, basically, as cynical yeah. as it sounds. Um, an Irish by Ivalu Le Pupil. Uh, Night Ride and the Red Suitcase nominated in this category. I, I haven't seen any of them, so can't comment. Um, people is a strong lock. <laughs> I'm, I'm not describing our own here. That's that's what happened in the this category last year with um Riz Ahmed, yeah, being being um one of the producers for the film that won that year. Uh, the it's the time. only film that's blue on Wikipedia. Yeah, solid logic to go by. Absolutely. Animated short film, Boy, the Mole, the Fox and the Horse. 
uh, flying sailor, ice merchant, it's my year of dicks, and an ostrich told me the world is fake, and I think I believe it. I did terrible in this category. I think I got like two, right? Yeah, two. Uh, Yeah. Uh, The one I had predicted to win didn't get nominated. That's Save Ralph, which is the Taika Waititi short film, which I find very funny didn't get nominated because I don't like him. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, We're going all the way back to Jojo Rabbit with this one. That takes me back. And ironically, Save Ralph is about a rabbit as well. So, more you know. Yeah, it stayed on theme, fair enough. Yeah. Well, Jojo Rabbit isn't really about rabbits, is it? It's about Nazis. Yeah. Um, so what, what is... Yeah. <laughs> what, Can I move on to the show, please? <laughs> no, well, I want to know what, the, what, what, what is the lock for this. I don't even know where to begin. Oh, um, I... I'm predicting the boy, the mole, the fox, and the horse because it was on TV at Christmas. Yeah, all right. So more people would have seen it. In. Yeah. Though I don't think yeah, my dad well, liked it when he watched it. So. Nah. He was complaining about it. I didn't. <laughs> anyway, um, I think he was moaning about the the kid that the lead that plays the lead role in it. That plays the boy. The oh, boy. they actually have for an animated short. They have a child voice in. Yeah, yeah. That's kind of. Well done there, I suppose. Yeah. Yeah, they didn't go full they didn't go full Simpsons route where they have like a six year old woman voicing a um, eight year old boy. If it works. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Well it helps for casting purposes, doesn't it? Yeah. Anyway. Uh action and sporting role. Back into stuff where we actually know what we're talking about a bit. Uh the nominations are Brennan Gleason in The Banshees of Inishurin, Brian Tyree Henry in Causeway. Judd Hirsch in The Fablemans, uh, Barry Kewen in Banshees of Insurance, and Excellent. Ki Hui Kwan in Everything Everywhere All at Once. Brilliant. This has got my favourite nomination they've done for several years. Brian Tyree Henry. If you haven't seen Causeway, please watch it. It's an excellent film. And I he is unbelievable. In it. Yeah, he's great. Um, a lot of people... He's also in Bullet Train. <laughs> yeah. Most importantly, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it helps because it's like because these are voted by actors, yeah, because he's worked with like Brad Pitt and that and it's other big list. names. It, it helps, yeah, as we'll come on to when we talk about best actors. Um, uh, but yeah, Causeway is such an such a small film, even though Jennifer Lawrence is in it, it's like because it's such a such a small film that people wouldn't go out of their way to watch and it's on some some difficult subject matter it's a very like emotionally heavy performance though quite subtle in a in a in a way as well it's like one that might pass people by and it didn't do too hasn't done anything in sort of like the precursors or anything like that so this is like a pure sort of passion pick and honestly his performance is amazing um he's been working his way up for a while yeah, he's been smaller roles. Filmography. Very memorable in um, if if Bill Street could talk a few years ago with um, the the Barry Jenkins film. Yeah, and yeah, I'm I'm a big fan of this film, and I don't think a lot of people would have checked it out, even though it's on Apple TV and Jennifer Lawrence is in it. It's not that long; it's in like ninety six minutes, so it's definitely worth checking out if you get the opportunity to, because he is great in it. Uh, Judd Hirsch in the Fable Ones is a very interesting one, and it brings up an interesting debate because we saw this happen last year in supporting actress where katrina belf was snubbed for belfast in favor of judy dench for the same film and the same things happened here with judd hirsch getting nominated instead of paul dana who plays 
obviously the more obvious nominatable performance. It's a bigger role, more responsibility. George Hershey's only in the Fable ones for five minutes max. Did they? That's that's quite strange. Did they put Paul Dano forward for supporting? Yeah, for Fable ones. Yeah, that's yeah. But they also. But the thing is, he might split votes with um for the Batman. Because I'm, I remember some people talking about this because there was a, there was a video um, that was like where people they're saying about um, Eddie Redmayne potentially getting nominated in this category for the goodness, and they said um, and they did like a one of the clips from the film. They said, oh, if you're going to nominate this, you might as well nominate Paul Dano for the Batman because of similar kind of villain type roles. Oh, right? Is it okay? Um, well, that sort of like loud, screamy kind of roles. Yeah. Um, prisoner kind of sort of thing not to, not trying to get too many, too much into um <laughs> what happens with those characters and um yeah so that potentially could have split things where people would potentially vote for him for the batman but that's a stretch uh, it's just uh, it's just sad though because like i don't think paul dano is amazing in the fable ones he's been better in his career in there will be blood and in love and mercy where he should have been nominated before it's just sad that he hasn't received a nomination in his I whole know, career, I which I just fantastic. find mental. Yeah. So it would have been nice just for a career thing to happen, even though I don't think the Fablemans is sort of like his standout role that should get him over the line, if that makes sense. He's um, such a strong category. I think I think my my personal pick, oh, I don't probably Barry, Barry Keen, I think. Although I would be very happy with uh, Ki Hu Kwan yeah, everywhere. That would be an amazing like, story, though. Because, oh, yeah. that's yeah. a good pick because there is a story to that. <laughs> yeah. There is, because obviously a child actor came back into the, 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 the bit, the main, sorry, like the mainstream view of films. Uh, I, I think there's a fantastic story that the Academy will be very happy yeah. to be at the forefront of. So I don't know. Yeah. I mean, the thing is, Gleason and Kieran, I think, knock each other out a bit. Because people have their different favourites from that film, um, there's arguments for both being stronger yeah. than the other. Um, well, with Key, I, that was that was the point. I mean, that film came out in March in the UK, and that was one where I immediately saw like this guy has to be nominated for supporting actor, yeah. and it would be a travesty if he doesn't. Because it was it was one of those sort of under the radar ones because everyone was talking about uh, Michelle Yeoh when it first came out, and no one was really talking about it. It's like, and you, it's one of those ones where you watch it, it's like. Well, this guy's really good. It might play a bit different now that people will be watching it him watching him as the best supporting actor front runner and expecting yeah, the best performance yeah. of the year. Yeah, it might play differently, but it's one of those ones where he gets better as the film goes on as well. Um and has memorable lines and scenes. He has the he has the most Oscar scene of any of the contenders this year. He's doing his monologue. Yeah, yeah. It is brilliant. Yeah. In the suit <laughs> in the dark. It's like Yeah, yeah. It's, it's all over Twitter all of the time. It is everything, everywhere, all at once. Um, and it's the standout scene of the film, even though it's like small scale, when the film is like off the chains, big scale, because it's That's like a, a small it. moment. Yeah, exactly. Uh, which makes it memorable. So I think he has this in the bag, um, which will be nice for sure. And I think the sporting actor is good for that, um, giving those kind of... Um, less household names an opportunity to win stuff when it used to be sort of like the cop out category where you give someone that's not good enough to win best actor that kind of role. but <laughs> yeah. but it's been more 
giving them to sort of small performances like Mahesh Ali and Moonlight. You had a Troy Kotsa winning for um, a Coda last year. Those kind of performances, which what the category should be about as far as I'm concerned. Um, getting on to the second half now of the nominations. Um, not not in terms of numbers, but in terms of as they presented it. Yeah. Um, yeah, original song. Applause from Tell Like a Woman. Hold My Hand from Top Gun Maverick. Lift Me Up from Black Panther Wakanda Forever. Natu Natu from RRR. And This Is A Life from Everything Everywhere All At Once. That's another category where uh, everything everywhere all at once got a nomination where people didn't Never expect surprise, it to. Yeah. Yeah. Um I would be happy hope, with yeah. uh Natu Natu uh winning that yeah. to be honest with you. RRR did not give get much love. It, I don't think <laughs> it was Oscars. submitted. I don't think it was submitted for international, you know. Ah, oh, that's a shame. Yeah. It's, I think that's it's why it's a striking film. I, I only I only watched it recently. Really enjoyed yeah. it. Yeah, I think if if it wasn't the Lady Gaga song from Top Gun Maverick, and if it was the One Republic song instead, it would stand out more. I'm not sure if that was eligible though, because I haven't seen it submitted or nominated anywhere. Um, uh, I ain't worried, you know, from the beach scene, because that's like the right. standout moment of the film, in my opinion, anyway. Um, and it did so well in like the charts and stuff. You would have thought. That would, if it was eligible, that would be the one that you go for, rather than "Hold My Hand," which is just the um, credit song. It's just a, it's in oh. the credits. And, uh, I mean, um, it's a tough one to call. Diane Warren nominated again, famously never won this category. Um, I, f- I think Nasty Nasty might have a good opportunity be- because it's going to be presented um, if the the performances are done like during the ceremony. That will be the standout one, and it will sort of might win off of those back and it's a good place to represent the film where it's because it's not nominated anywhere else so yeah moving swiftly on documentary feature film i haven't seen any of these if i'm being honest um so no, i, I can't really give it. too much analysis on this but all that breathes no. um it's nominated as is all the beauty and the bloodshed which is probably going to win because it's a laura poitras film she previously won for citizen four um fight of love a house made of splinters and uh, navalny um, don't know too much about those films, if no, I'm being so. honest. But I think it will be all the beauty and the budget just for those for Laura Poitras sort of links to films. Yeah. yeah, documentary short film now. Again, no clue. Now, this it's one just, we know all about. It's just <laughs> it's just one to mess up with your predictions. That's the only point of this category. Like, <laughs> you wanted 100% in your Oscar, nom- uh, Oscar winning predictions? Think again. Uh, Again, congratulations to all. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> all no, the I meant, yeah, <laughs> as it comes to the ceremony, that's what I mean. You're just guessing. Um, You've, we've got three reds and two blues. Wikipedia check yeah. on the short subjects. Yeah. The the elephant whisperers haul out. How do you measure a year? The Martha Mitchell effect and Stranger at the Gate. Nominees here. No idea. I, I bet it messed up my my predictions for nominations. Yeah, that thought so. Two out of five. Shocking. But I did get Stranger at the Gate, which was uh, 90 to 1 to get nominated. So there you go. Did you get the Elephant Whisperers? Yes, that was the other one I got. I, I think <laughs> that's a sh- solid pick. <laughs> Just because it's got Elephant in the title. Actually, there is some logic to that. <laughs> I remember them he- hearing about this where I think it's an animated film. If it's got like an animal, it's, it'd likely win. And I think with live action, sure, if it's got children, then it's more likely to win. And if it's documentary, you go for the one that's about music. 
That's what I've yes, heard. Yes, I know that one. Yeah. Definitely. But I still get them wrong every year. <laughs> you, know, <laughs> you know, don't read too much into it. I just, I still guess. I'm not, I tried to watch as many as I could last year uh, of the shorts, but they're so difficult to find. Um, you find them on. I think they'd be more accessible from the moment that they're nominated. Yeah. I found one of them on Instagram, which was bizarre. <laughs> watch one of them on there. Like, th- that's how you access these films. They're just so hidden away. Anyway, international feature film. This is where probably the most notable snub of the whole ceremony took Decision place. to snub. Yeah. Decision to I, leave I like this to... film out. I'm, I am movie. shocked. People are very confused. More, more than people, anything, people are confused. People are predicting like... that to get into director because it got nominated in the BAFTA director who thought oh is it going to be like um there was there was one like that last year wasn't there where um like pavel pavlikovsky for example for cold war a few years ago they sometimes go for the odd um international uh foreign language film oh to get into into director into director oh director oh okay yeah um so pavel pavlikovsky there's also um another round got nominated in thomas vinterberg in director. That was a few years ago. It's really good. Still haven't yeah. watched it. I think that I think there was one like that last year, but I can't remember. Um anyway, nominees are all quite on the Western Front. Argentina nineteen eighty five, close, EO and uh, the Quiet Girl from Ireland. Ireland had a very good day today actually. Yeah. There's quite a few Irish um actors and films nominated. Um by that I mean three uh films. <laughs> but still, still that's quite a lot. Still quite a lot. Um yeah, all quite on the West Front's going to win. Let's yeah, just not. Very Even though Argentina 1985 did win the Golden Globe, which was a very big surprise, it's yeah, it's it's all quite because it got nominated in Best Picture, and that's just a general rule. We've seen this so many times in recent years. Um, with films like Roma, and um, there was another one, Parasite, obviously, um, where nominated for Best Picture, it's going to win in international feature film. Uh, Drive My Car last year as well. Um, that was the that was the director I was oh, thinking about. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but that one of in picture sort of expects to get directed. Um, on to animated feature film, the strongest category of the year, and the one where the most frustrating um, prediction um, happened because I was umming and ahhing about including the Sea Beast in my nominations. Oh, I had right, okay. I had a look at the Annie nominations, and um, because Marcel the Show with shoes on is in the independent category at the Annies. It means that the it wasn't in the main animated feature race. So there's obviously the other films that are nominated here. So Guillermo del Toro's uh, Pinocchio, Puss in Boots, Last Wish, and um, Turning Red nominated. But the other two nominated were Sea Beast, and um, there was a, another film which I predicted. Let me find out what that is called. Uh, Wendell and Wild. Um, oh, yeah. There was a bit of buzz when it first yeah. came out, but... I think because, it kind of dropped off in terms of critical impression. But this is my logic, though. So I thought, oh, mate, the Sea Beast is going to get in. But, because it's Netflix, right? But right. it's a Netflix film, but I hadn't heard of it. So I'm like, it can't be that big, then surely. <laughs> so I went with Wendell and Wild because they often go for, like, those little Irish sort of, um, or Irish or, like, um, hand-drawn sort of animated films in this category, European-based kind of ones. And I think Wonder Wild is one of those sort of hand-drawn... Is um, it? I thought, well, is it not? Or, or like stop-motion? Oh, stop-motion, yeah, okay, right, right. Yeah, that kind of thing. 
Always oh, a good nom- nomination guest. Oh, yeah. It's, 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 yeah. Um, something like... Oh, it is Netflix as well. So my logic was like, my logic is fine. <laughs> anyway, it, it's just unlucky. It's just one of those. It, you've got to act on those instincts sometimes. Um, which I didn't, unfortunately. But this category uh, is very strong. My two favourite films of the year are nominated in this category. In uh, Puss in Boots, The Last Wish, and Marcel Wish, which she's on. Um, very much recommend. Oh, Haven't please. seen Pinocchio. I haven't seen Pinocchio. You need yet. to watch them. Turning Red's very good as well. Be. That was in my top 10 of the year. Excellent film. Um, but yeah, Puss in Boots is the film of the year. It's just. It's got a lot amazing. of buzz because it's been, been the most recent one to come out. I think so, anyway. So being, good. I don't need to watch it. I've heard such good things. It's amazing. And it's a strong argument for like um, word of mouth. And this has been a theme yeah. like all year where positive word of mouth has helped films mount massively. Everything all at one, everywhere all at once was a film that didn't have much buzz when it first came out, but it was all because of like people talking about it so much where people went out and see it. And then it ended up being a 24th biggest film ever. Um, the same thing happened with like Top Gun Maverick. That was, there wasn't that much buzz about it coming out. And then everyone was saying, oh, mate, this film is amazing. And it's actually the best reviewed film of the year. I was looking at sort of like the Rotten Tomatoes scores and how they compare with audience scores. Um, if you combine the two, Top Gun Maverick is like by far and away the best reviewed film. 96% of critics liked it. 99% of audiences liked it. So interesting one. Uh, Puss in Boots has got a similar one. I think it's like 95% on Rotten Tomatoes. Um, and it is the most incredible film like it just blew me away like it has no right to be as good as it is it's sort of like which i think it means it can have an opportunity to win because if you remember into the spider-verse one in this category yeah ahead of um i can't remember what the favorite was to win that year but um but it was like a bit of a surprise um let me find out for you oscars, because was it 2018's oscars it was 2018. I remember covering it on um, on radio um, with you because we had a lot of people sort of saying how great this film was. Um, yeah, like um, so the other nominees were like Incredibles 2, Isle of Dogs, those kind of films, the kind of ones that would win this category. Um, but I'm instead, really... Into Spider Wars won. Yeah, in 2018, 2019 ceremony. So I think there is an opportunity for Puss in Boots because its hype is so high. And it's such an amazing film. Obviously, Shrek won this category the first time it was around beating Monsters Inc. Um, so, and Pinocchio did get snubbed in score as well, so it might not be as strong as people think. The so, excellent one thing to look about out this for. is is just the way when you first hear about like a, a sequel of a spin-off film, yeah, to a to a franchise that started in two thousand and one, I believe, or ninety nine or two thousand and one, yeah. It was, it was it was it was that stretch. Oh, 2001, 2001. 2001. It's it's like wow, that should be on straight to DVD. Who cares? Yeah. And then you just the buzz just keeps growing and growing and growing. And, it's and really bear, nice to see. Bear in mind, the first film came out in 2011. You know that was yeah. 12 years ago, and it's been like production hell. But they completely changed the animation style to make it just um, to make it stand out way more and the and everything about it it's like it works on so many different levels um i think it's great that it's been nominated it's i would, I would, I would have loved for it to, would have loved for it to get into uh, best picture but that would have been a bit of a um a bit of a pipe dream but yeah well i i mean you say that like Possible, i think but what i mean what, what an event that would be i know i know it's just a shame i think just like yeah because people put up it I've, i saw this tweet on twitter that's stuck in my head all week Saying, um, oh, 
oh why i swear this film is like a like a um a kid sequel um people going on about it like it's an exit and game i'm just like it is an exit and game <laughs> anyway i can't be high enough i will watch it you're gonna be disappointed now going to no, high no, expectations no. that's the whole point of seeing it it's like before expecting this sort of like that doesn't um, happen average to me film. every time to be fair you'll enjoy it you'll enjoy it um anyway moving on Mo- makeup and hairstyling uh nominees are all quite on the western front the batman black panther wakanda forever elvis and the whale um, no real surprises here. I think it's quite easy to predict these categories because there is the there's the bake off for it. So it's like only like ten films in contention. And usually yeah. some of the ones that they have as potential contenders are like non starters. Like you know that film's not gonna get not gonna get nominated. So I got five out of five in this category anyway. Oh, well um, I predicted the whale to uh win, but I might change that once I think whale might win. Could yeah. be obvious because it's a bit flashier, but I think Whale is just like uh, Bre- the prosthetics. Brendan Fraser is such a good contender, yeah, for our best actor. We'll get onto that in a second. That's going to help him, him being like Gary Oldman yeah. in Darkest Hour. Exactly the one-two, the double-up. Yeah. Dallas Buyers Club the it. same. <laughs> Dallas Buyers Club the exact same. Where heavily caped um, actor, Man actor, yeah, wins both from categories. Yeah, I think just the fact that that. That same picture of Brendan Fraser just everywhere with the with the heavy prosthetics. Yeah. It sort of makes it stand out a lot. But they might go for more subtle ones. They have that similar kind of uh, prosthetics in Elvis and in the Batman. So um we'll see. Colin, oh yeah, the Colin Farrell prosthetics yeah. are very impressive. I would not be angry. But the thing is, like whenever you see any like pictures of Colin Farrell in the Batman, he's just in complete darkness. You can't really tell. <laughs> I'm lucky in that sense, I guess. Yeah. Um production design. All quite on the Western Front, Avatar, The Way of Water, Babylon, Elvis, and The Fablemans. Babylon's no, a very strong contender. Yeah. No, everything Fish. ever all at once in this one. All were kind of forever, which Black Panther Both won. would have been great contenders as well. Interesting. Black Panther won the first, uh, for the first one, won production zone, I believe. So, bit of a snub. I think Babylon might win too, though. You got, yeah, you got to tie in with costume design. Yeah. Potentially Elvis, though, could as well in the same way. Yeah, Elvis true. does have really, really big production design of like well-known places as well, like the hotel in Las Vegas and those kind of things. Big performance-based ones. Um, I haven't seen Babylon. I don't need to now. It's not nominated for Best Picture, which saves me 189 minutes. Yeah, I was going to watch it, but it's the same <laughs> thing of, ooh, will I bother? There's so much to watch. I've got several other two-and-a-half-hour-plus films to watch. Yeah. I don't have time. Uh, moving on to film editing, which is such an important category if you want to win Best Picture. Though, is it anymore? Because Coda won last year without getting nominated in editing. So I don't know anymore. Anyway, nominees... Not a rule, though, to be fair, for Coda. Exactly. We might the... still be on. Yeah, yeah nominees are Banshees of Inishirin, uh Elvis, Everything Everywhere, All at Once, Tar, and Top Gun Maverick. Um, I, I was mistaken when I was speaking earlier to you about Tar not getting into editing. I was just surprised that it got in because that film is not worth editing, basically. Um, and I was expecting, like, I took Avatar out of my predictions because I was thinking, well, this that film's really long. So it's like, it wouldn't be sharply cut. I thought All Quiet on the Western Front would get nominated here. And The Fablemans. Wouldn't have been surprised to see that. I am a little surprised at seeing Top Gun Maverick. Uh, no, nah, that's he's... one of the favourites for me. It, well, I'm just thinking that I guess... It's now become one of the favourites to win 
now it's there because flashiest or one of the yeah. flashiest like up there with everything everywhere um but i would not have put it as a nomination what's the rule in editing what is the number one rule for predicting best editing if it what if it looks good in a one minute clip they, they don't have to watch the whole thing maybe but for me it's always most editing yeah that's what most i mean most <laughs> editing wins I think everything um, everywhere might take it, you know, for that. Same because reason. it has most editing. It was when I first saw it, I immediately thought this has to win editing. It's like the best edited film I've ever seen in terms of like quick cuts, that style of editing, anyway. Yeah, yeah. it I, depends. It depends on your context, really. Sometimes the best editing is one you don't notice because that's sort of the point. It should be what it is. But <laughs> yeah, but if you I, at... I am very impressed at everything everywhere. All at once yeah. is editing. I did not have to say the whole title. Yeah. It's with it being sort of like reasonably low budget for a film like that for it to be so sharp in those kind of technical aspects makes it stand out so much more. Uh more so than some of these other films like Elvis. I don't know how that got into editing that film drags um Banshees I think just it shows it's in a very strong place. It getting nominated and edited. That's a strong. That's makes it even stronger for me that it's going to win. Yeah, that it could get into editing. Yeah, uh, I think. I, think, I think if it if it didn't get that, I thought it'd be out for a picture. If I'm being honest, but because that's got it now, it used to be the rule you had to get editing. So like, I remember when Spotlight got nominated in editing a few years ago. It's like mood all change then. You knew it was going to win best picture then. Because yeah. like one Earth is spotlight nominated for editing. If they're not going to give it picture, there's there's such a strong correlation. It's it's actually it kind of almost does it on purpose to signal what what they'd be happy with winning. <laughs> so if you look at like the stats in terms of the correlation between best picture and editing, if you look back to 1977 with Annie Hall. That didn't that won best picture without editing. To go to the next film that didn't get nominated in editing to win Best Picture, you're going all the way up to 2014 with Birdman, um, which obviously, if you've seen Birdman, you'll see it has stitch editing. So you're not able Could to... Could have nominated it yeah. if wanted to. Yeah, but because it's not the most editing, they can't tell that it's been edited. It looks like it's done in one shot. It wasn't going to win. But that rule was broken when Coda won uh, last year. Which it broke all kinds of rules. I don't know what to believe in terms of stats anymore, because code has just broken every single rule. Last year, it's is, such is a it, I, I just think it means that the pandemic drove the academy online for the first time. They discovered social media, and that's changed how they view yeah. films and how they get on board hype trains. It, it changed the conversation. Um, Coda is more of a feel-good film than. Paradox. It's all about political context as well. So, like when the voting happened, it was in the midst of the beginning of the invasion from Russia into Ukraine. A lot of negative news in the press, and people were turning to films like Coda, which has a positive message um, to to win best picture. So, sort of like, can you use that as a reason for getting rid of all logic in terms of stats? Like the only reason I predicted, everyone, most people were predicting Coda to win, but I was like, I simply couldn't. Change from Power Dog because of the stats. Like Power Dog had yeah. everything, but Coda was just a film in the conversation at the time. So it depends on if you actually believe these sort of tea leaves as important. And if they are, then Banshee's getting into editing is massive, and and it really opens the door and sort of closes the door more on Fablemans potentially winning. 
because that didn't get nominated here. Um, cinematography. This was wild cinematography all over the shop. Um, I think I got two out of this, and I, I would have got one, but I switched yesterday to Empire of Light. I didn't have that nominated in because like it's got terrible reviews. But then I realised after the nominations came out why it got nominated. Uh, Roger Deakins. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so oh, I should known. Safe. Very very safe. Yeah. So nominees for cinematography, all quite on the Western Front. Uh, Bardo, False Chronicle of a Handful of Troops, Elvis, Empire of Light, and Tar. Those Elvis and Tar nominations are stupid. They are not well shot films at all. I don't get that at all. Uh, Bardo does make some sense because it's an uh, Alejandro Gonzalez Iñárritu film, famously won best cinematography with his film Back to Back Years, um, when he also won director. But that was with um, the, what's the name of that cinematographer um, for the Iñárritu films? I can't remember. Um, anyway, he won Back to Back. Very, very amazing cinematographer. So that sort of, and those films are so well shot. Uh, Revenant and Birdman. So Empire that might be... of Light. Yeah. So as part of Empire Empire of Light looks like one of them films that was really trying to win an Oscar. It's got all the tools. Yeah. It's this had got Oscar the director. Buzz. It's got the cinematographer. It's got the cast. It doesn't count though for this as Oscar Boss anymore though because it got nominated. So so that's out the window. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's such a disappointing film. I think that um, in terms of what people are expecting, especially with Sam Mendes, he's an amazing director. Uh, I think All Quiet wins this quite comfortably now that all the other top, top contenders, so Top Gun, Avatar, Fableman's all out of the picture. It's like, okay, it's just All Quiet then, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> Pretty straightforward. Uh, we'll, we'll do the full predictions, by the way, like the day before the ceremony. These are just like ones as they stand like SAG, PGA and DJ will just change everything or might not. They might go with um a quantum form. Uh, That'd be exactly we'll, correct. Yeah, we'll rattle through these um visual effects, all quiet on the Western front, Avatar, the Way of Water, the Batman, Black Panther were kind of forever and Top Gun Maverick. Pretty straightforward again this one, I think. It'll be Avatar for the win, I assume. Yeah, I think well, Avatar will win quite comfortably. And uh, yeah, I got five out of five with this one. It was, it was, I oh, think, pretty, pretty much, yeah, it picked itself, I think. <laughs> and they're all strong contenders as well. They're deserving of their nominations. And they're all different types of visual effects, which is quite cool. So, like, Top Gun Maverick, you have more practical effects. Way of Water is just a technical marvel in terms of what they achieve with the visuals of that film, as the same with, like, the first Avatar. And um, that time as the standard Marvel fair. Batman was so standard DC fair, and then all quite as the uh, as the war film, pretty standard. Uh, I think I saw something about uh, all quite on the Western Front. It's got the second lowest visual effects budget of any nominee ever uh, in the category. You know who was what was first? Probably the biggest shock in Oscars history in terms of odds. In terms of lowest Wh- budget to get nominated for best visual effects, and it ended up winning. Oh, yeah. I ended up winning. Yeah. Oh, it's probably the biggest shock ever in terms. Of, I think it's like sixty-six to one to win on the night, and it won. What year? Twenty fourteen. Twenty fourteen. No, is it twenty fourteen? Twenty fifteen? No, twenty fifteen. Twenty fifteen. For for the the film came out in twenty fifteen. Twenty fifteen. So it was up against Mad Max Fury Road. It was up against the. Revenant. Oh God! This is ringing alarm bells going off. 
Yeah. Ringing that loud. What was it? Ex Machina. Oh, that's excellent. Yeah. It that's was such so a surprise. Strange. Everyone had it dead last in their predictions and it ended up winning. It's crazy. Uh, we're just, moving just because of the effects of Ava, was it? Yeah. Alicia yeah. Vikander, who should have Alicia Vikander won supporting actress that year, but for the completely wrong film. She should have won for <laughs> Ex Machina instead of Danish Girl. She's great in the Danish Girl, but win, she's, wins not win. she's not supporting in that film at all. Um, well, she is an Ex Machina and better. So it's like, okay. Uh, moving on to the top four categories now. Uh, best actor in a leading role Austin Butler in Elvis, Colin Farrell in The Boundaries of Fitness Sharon. Uh, Brennan Fraser in The Whale, Paul Mescal in Bill, uh, uh, not in Bill Nye, Paul Mescal <laughs> in After Sun, Bill Nye in Living. Um, this this is so difficult to call. I do not People know. People were not happy about the performance of After Sun at the Oscars. I'm surprised about that. I'm really surprised. First of all, I'm not a massive fan of the film, but I think the fact that he got any traction whatsoever is a massive win for it because it's a small Scottish film. That you know isn't like I didn't have the biggest sort of like marketing budget or anything. It was it wasn't like it wasn't expected to do. It wasn't yeah. expected to appear in every category. Like, oh, why isn't Charlotte Wells nominated or the or the young girl? And I'm sort of like, well, if they weren't nominated at BAFTA, which they weren't, um, other than in the uh, first time director category and in the best British film category. And why would they get nominated at the Oscars? It just wasn't going to happen. So that's what people set them out for. Oh, this deserved to get nominated, and it's a disgrace that they didn't get nominated. They weren't going to get nominated uh, anyway. It's like an indie darling effect. But that being said, yeah, that being said, though, it's it's great that films like Assassin and Living are both in the conversation. You know, small budget English, um, British films. and, and and Bill Nye's been so overdue an uh, Oscar nomination over his career. Not necessarily for one specific performance, but it's like just someone who's just been great for several decades. And just it could it, it's not nice. to be fair, but I'm I'm thinking we're looking at a, a Brendan Fraser win there, which I won't be angry about either, to be fair. If you'd have asked me yesterday, I would have agreed with you. Today, I've been saying all season, it all depends on if the whale gets into the best picture. And then, so, um, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm picking whoever wins SAG. But I'm thinking Colin Farrell might win that then. I think Colin Farrell's winning BAFTA. That's the thing. BAFTA's he a tough one to call because the, you reckon? I think Austin Butler's going to win SAG. Oh, okay, yeah. Just sort of ignored him. <laughs> yeah. If, uh, if it, yeah, if it, I agree with you. If he wins that, he's got it. Other, other, otherwise, I'm sticking with I wouldn't be Farrell against I'm, I'm not a big fan of Elvis, but his performance is undoubtedly amazing. Um, though I feel like he's he's much better than the film. I would say it's a similar <laughs> one to Rami Malek, but yeah, Rami Malek sure. sucked in that film. And the film I, sucked. I liked him. I think that, oh, that was no. not an easy job to take on. It wasn't to, an easy job mix. because it's a rubbish film. So it's like having it to say those lines in a, in a rubbish film. <laughs> it's not a good performance. It's really not. At least Austin Butler have... does some singing in Elvis. I had to check that afterwards. He only, it's like half and half. Well, like there's no singing in Bohemian Rhapsody. One thing they've both had to do is you have to mimic the unmimicable charisma yeah. of someone who's a pop icon. So I, I have to give Rami Malik and now Austin Butler 
perhaps yeah. there. Yeah. I think Colin Farrell does have a very good chance to like, especially if the if Banshee's does better than we expect, it will be one that goes on with the ride. And if he wins SAG, I'm going to predict him because I think yeah. he's going to win BAFTA as well. Yeah. Brennan Fraser, I, I feel like, you know, when Sylvester Stallone was nominated for Creed and he had yeah. sort of that moment at the Golden Globes with his speech, I think, oh, he's going to win the Oscar now because they'll want to see his speech. Yeah, but he's had his moment. Then why do they need to pick him to win just uh, so he I could have another speech? Away, yeah. We've had the speech. We don't need another one. What realistically is he going to do in the other speech? You just give it to the better performance. I haven't seen the whale yet, um, but it's it's a you tough might one. Might not get a chance this season. Yeah, There's plenty more to watch. Yeah, I mean, you think like uh, with um, a, a similar kind of style of performance, Mickey Rourke in the wrestler back in '08. He ended up yeah. losing to Sean Penn, which is the more sort of like movie star pick in the more, you know, the biopic film, to be honest. They're, they're both amazing performances and it and it's really tough to call which one's a better performance on the day, but it just went with Sean Penn because he's sort of like the the, the reliable film in the reliable performance in the film that was nominated for Best Picture. Well, like the rest of it wasn't nominated for Best Picture, neither is the whale. So they might just go with the, the performance in the better film because if they're all like decent standard films, my, my issue with Colin Farrell is that I don't feel like in Banshees he does anything you wouldn't sort of expect Colin Farrell to do with that performance. That sort of like gives me some hesitation. While with Austin Butler, it's one that sort of like blows flashier. you away. Yeah, it's a much flashier performance. And then Paul Mescal and Bill Nye are like the complete opposite of those kind of performances where they're like so, so subtle and sort of. And, yeah. um, Paul Mescal, it's a good sort of in the club nomination, while Bill Nye, it's a it's a nice um career one. Um, for I think a suitable film as well with Living, that kind of performance is very much um a good way of putting good, it. Yeah, a, a a good representative for his career. Uh, actress in a leading role I had a couple of subs in this one. Uh, Kate Blanchett in Tar, Anna Diamas in Blonde, Andrea Riseborough in To Leslie. Um, Michelle Williams in The Fable Woman's and Michelle Yeoh in Everything Ever All at Once. This had... Speaking of good performance yeah. in a bad film, <laughs> oh, Anna I could not believe Anna I mean, it, it does look like it was a good performance. It was. But the back of it's not the kind of film that, well, it actually no. is the kind of film the Oscars like, but mm. with the backlash to it, I cannot believe the, the stake in their, uh, they're attaching themselves to it, basically. Yeah, I have a very confused me. Yeah, I have a very controversial opinion when it comes to blonde. I I quite liked it if I'm being honest. I think it's a good I think it's okay. I don't think it's anywhere near as bad as people say. I get why they don't like it. Yeah, that's the thing why I don't want to watch it. <laughs> I get why people don't like tasteless it. Tasteless idea. Yeah, of course. But I don't think the ex- execution is that bad. And what makes it work is because Andy Armas is amazing in the film. She is brilliant. I, 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 I find it bizarre that there's like so many distractors from it, uh, from her performance anyway. They like see her as representative for the film, and it's all like, yeah, I get it because she's nominated for the film, but I don't know how you can watch that film and say that she's bad. Like that doesn't make any sense to me. Um, you can say I think the film's a bad. good contender to actually uh, to win. No, Craig Blanchett's going to win. I, f- I think yeah. Andy Armas. This is this is going to be really controversial, but I think Andy Armas is better than Blonde and Kate Blanchett is in Tar. I don't rate that performance at all. We'll get onto it more when we'll speak about it in depth when we speak about Tar in depth. Unfortunately, I do need. I will watch. But like, I, I don't see anything special 
in that performance until um though i think there is a strong chance of michelle yo winning this category because of kate blanchett's um acceptance speech at the critics choice where she's basically asking people to vote for michelle yo instead because kate blanchett's already won two one for the aviator and blue jasmine it's a good enough performance to to get on its own merit as well so that's that's just that extra lift it might need to take it. I put Anna Diamas in my predictions like a couple of days ago. I'd left her out for a long time. I put her in because she was just getting nominated everywhere. So I thought I'd put her in. The one I took out was Michelle Williams in the Fablemans. Oh. I've had her all season. I took her out because um, of the sort of like question about her category. So I thought she might get into supporting instead. Because she missed at BAFTA, where she was like specifically in the yeah. lead category, and you could only vote for her in the lead category. It's like, like that was like red flag, like alarm bells <laughs> going off here. Um, so it could have been a case where she actually got into supporting instead, sort of like Lakeith Stanfield for um, Judas and Black Messiah a few years ago, where he was campaigned in lead, didn't get any nominations anywhere, and suddenly appears in supporting. So like, okay. Um, I think she That's is lead personally, him. but and I, I'm glad she's nominated. She's great. It's a great performance, but yeah. Uh, but the standout um, nomination here is Andrea Riseborough in To Leslie, a film that no one's seen, but there was like a big like passion campaign for her, and it says a lot about um, the impact of like Hollywood campaigns and having celebrity traction to your campaign. Is why she's nominated. Um, uh, that's the the whole Oscars politics is very fascinating in, in that sense. Yeah, it's interesting Helps because predict winners sometimes. Yeah, because it was it's quite interesting because a lot of people were saying about um, sort of uh, what was I going to say? Doesn't matter. Well, I'll talk about the snobs in this category. Uh, Daniel Deadweiler, Danielle Deadweiler for Till was not nominated here. Everyone expected that, and uh, Viola Davis in yeah, that's, the that's Woman the King. Snob. Was she got nominated everywhere and um, didn't win? It's not that I mean, it's people shouldn't get too upset about it. She has won before, she does get nominated a lot, so I don't think she'll be too devastated about it. But, um, yeah, I feel like it, it would just help traction towards people seeing the, the woman king until, um, which would help out a lot, anyway. Moving on to director, final two categories now. Sorry, we've, this has been a lot longer than I thought it would be, but um, it is what it is. Two more to go. Got a lot to talk about. And, and these what might take a while actually talking about. These. <laughs> uh, director, uh, Banshee's Amanda Sheeran, Martin McDonough, Everything Everywhere All at Once for Daniel Kwan and Daniel Scheinart. Uh The Fablemans, Steven Spielberg, Tar, Todd Field, and Triangle Sadness, Ruben Erstland. Um, this decides best picture for me. Whatever wins here determines uh, the best picture. If everything everywhere all at once wins, director, it's, it, picture's done. Yeah, it's as you said, it is a director directing yeah. achievement. I remember when um, Bong Joon Ho won director for Parasite, and like during the ceremony, everyone said, "Oh, Parasite's going to win best picture now." If Sam Mendes can't win director for 1917, no chance he's winning picture. So. We just knew that Parasite was going to win from that point. And it's, I think it's a similar one where it's like, oh, well, it's, it's one picture then if it's going to win, if it's going to win director. It can if, go a bit at that point, to be honest. If it, <laughs> it wins the best director. Well like, well, like if the Fablemans wins uh, for Spielberg and director here, I feel like it's still not going to win picture. 
Banshees, if Banshees win director, 100% winning picture. Yeah, 100%. Banshees and, I agree. Banshees and everything everywhere are on the same level there. Yeah. In terms of how that race is going to be decided. But I can't make an argument for Banshees winning um, over everything everyone at once. But what's interesting is that McDonough's last film was Three Billboards Outside of Missouri. And a big reason why that didn't win was because it didn't get nominated in director. So the fact that Banshees is here shows that support is much larger than it was for Three Billboards, which very nearly won Best Picture, won Best Actress, and it won uh, Best Supporting Actor. So it's like, if it's even stronger than that film, then does it go one up and end up winning picture because of it? I think uh, Tar is going to be a bit of a critic's favourite. A lot of people, there's some passion yeah. behind that and it's on its own sort of loud campaign. Uh, Ruben Ostland is the only one who, I mean, I might be wrong completely, but I don't see that. That's the weakest. The nomination is to win for him. That is massive. I think Spielberg I really still has a chance. <laughs> I still have a chance. To, I still think Spielberg has a chance. Oh yeah, well he's, he always has a chance. Anytime he's nominated. Well, uh, West Side Story, maybe not. <laughs> but um, <laughs> um no, nah, because it's an open race, I think it it leads nicely into Best Picture actually, um, where the nominees were All Quiet on the Western Front, Avatar: The Way of Water, The Banshees of Inisherin, Elvis. Everything Everywhere, All at Once, The Fablemans, Tar, Top Gun Maverick, Triangle of Sadness, and Women Talking. When, and, these, uh, uh, yeah, uh. when these nominations came in, right, yeah. by the time the last one came up, I would have put my house on them saying The Whale. Yeah, I I've, didn't I've, seen, feel... I've seen that said a few times, people say like, when, when the, the worst died. <laughs> I was like, like, no way it's women talking because no one's been... Ironically, no one's been talking about it. <laughs> it was one of those ones that was like, it was sort of... It's always been in like the top 10 rankings in terms of odds to get into Best Picture, right? Yeah. But it's sort of like, I thought it was just there by default. But then actually looking at producers here, Dee Dee Gardner, Jeremy Kleiner, and Francis McDormand, you can sort of see why it was nominated in the picture. Our favourites. It's oh, just yeah, well, like people expecting well, it winners. to get, yeah, people expecting it to get like acting nominations, potentially, potentially in director first, Terra Poly, and it just hasn't got anywhere all season. So to see it pop up in picture is massive for it, and it's going to have people going to see the film now because it's n- it's not an easy sell. You look at that poster, and you just think, Nah, you're all right. <laughs> but um, but this opens the door so much for people to see it, which is great, and that's sort of the point of best picture. I feel like it is a strong yeah. list in general and quite an eclectic list, um, which I think the whole point of um, the 10 should be. As I mentioned before, when it came to animated feature, it would have been nice if there was an animated film in there. Because the first two years they did the year of 10, there was, a nom- there was an animated animated film in both, so up and then Toy Story 3. And I thought that helps in terms of making it representative of the year. Um, but even without it, there's still an eclectic mix where there's pe- there's films there that different people are going to like different genres those kind of things um foreign language film in there there's blockbusters in there there's uh independent films i in do there. love that the extended category for best pictures it's such an interesting lineup it's yeah it's better than last year where they're really scraping the barrels and the films weren't up to scratch at all i um, just noticed women talking 
Yeah. Has uh, Ben Wishar in? Wishar? Yes, it does. Yeah. AKA the voice of Paddington. Yeah. We have a new favourite. <laughs> um, I'm in. I'm in. I'm on yeah. the women talking hype. <laughs> women talking to win. The uh, biggest upset. To Paddington. The biggest upset in Beth Picture history is going to happen. Um, I think everything ever, ever all at once is the favourite at the moment, but everything so can change. Everything can change at PGA, I think. Because Banshees is definitely a strong number two, and if there's a strong number two, then there's it often has a good chance of winning. The favourite never, like very rarely, wins Best Picture. If you know about my record, if you know, you know. <laughs> if you know how bad my record is for predicting Best Picture, you know that the front run never wins. The only time I've got it right in the last like I've been, I've been following the Oscars for like ten years now, quite closely. And predicting the Oscars for about 10 years now. I've got it right twice. I'm fed up. So no, I've got it's... 12 Years a Slave I'm... and Nomad Land were the only ones I've got right. I'm just thinking, what's the biggest surprise going to be? And it's usually the blockbusters, but honestly, yeah. I can see them going for Top Gun or Avatar. Not purely on a production stamp, stamp. I, I won't, it won't shock me. I won't, I won't sit there going, it's wow, not winning this is a real pi- green book situation. They're not winning picture. I, lo- I stand oh, by not, it. Green, <laughs> green book was an anomaly, and it saves us from Bohemian Rhapsody winning, which is the full of greater good. It's, it's, it's yeah, a green terrible book pick. we discussed at the time was that everyone put it, or a lot of people put it in the middle, and everything at the yeah. top was split, it's, just because yeah. the way the, the vote. The voting's changed the game. It's no longer a one pick. It's ranked top five contenders. And if you're getting twos and threes. But the thing is, I feel like everything everyone all wants and Banshees are both going to get twos and threes. Yeah. But it, they'll both get a lot of number ones. I think everyone all wants, I think we'll just get more number ones. I That's think the Tara and Elvis, just from what I've seen people discussing no. them, they might get a lot of threes, maybe some fours. Elvis is, Elvis is the worst reviewed film. Elvis is the worst reviewed film of the lot. In terms, I'm of... thinking about what the Academy is going to latch on to. I'm just going by discourse here because I haven't seen it. I, yeah, you're yeah. right. I shouldn't say I shouldn't say critical. I mean, discourse. Um, I should just yeah. say discourse. yeah. In terms of like passion for it, like both got nominated at BAFTA for best picture, and neither are you know anything to do with British culture or anything. So. That is interesting. I don't so think that's, I'll, it shows how Elvis won't. The, n- neither are going to win Best Picture. It, it's between Banshees or everything in Royal Awards. Because any other, I'm shocked. Maybe Fable wins if it manages to pull both director and actress going into it. But oh, happy to see I've 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 seen both of the both of the favourites. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> in time for the nominations. That's always good. I've but got where so much... is the menu? <laughs> oh, cool. I really enjoyed that by the way. That wasn't a joke. Yeah. Okay. It wouldn't win, but I did enjoy it. <laughs> yeah. Um I've got so many films for it. It's ridiculous. But we're gonna make sure we're gonna review them all on this podcast uh for you. Um so you can see which is worth watching and which isn't and what's gonna win best picture. Uh thank you, Jamie, for coming on. Thank you. We're gonna leave it there for today. Make sure to uh I don't know what sort of the different things are. I think it's follow on on um, Spotify. <laughs> it's definitely follow uh, um, follow on Instagram and Twitter. Twitter is best picture underscore pod. 
uh, Instagram is at Best Picture Podcast, I believe. Um, so give us a follow on both of those. Um, and then subscribe on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or whatever you listen to it on. It's, it's, it's on all of them. Make sure you don't miss an episode. We're going to be reviewing all 10. I'm going to try and do all 10 this year. I only managed four last year. And make sure I get all 10 done. Um, though it does mean a lot more uh, film watching for me. So that'll be fun. But thank you everyone for listening. And I will see you for another episode sometime soon. Thank you very much and bye.